Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to WrestleWolf. This is WC reconsidering WCW Nitro presents Starcade '95. I am Dr. Damien Gibson, and joining me, as always, is the man who only deals in kayfabe. It's Matthew Kayfabe. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm really, really good, actually. There's no, Today is a good day. There's no need to brag. It's not just me. It's um, you know, I've been uh, I've been hanging out in a um like tree like i've been hanging out with um what are they called those little furry guys from return of the jedi ewoks and just celebrating certain things that have happened overnight oh good we've been dancing around and playing uh drums on uh, stormtrooper helmets and like watching fireworks and uh you know hanging out with han and leia and luke you know my friends that sounds uh Fucking terrible. What are you what? What are you talking about? Well they listen to that awful beep, beep, beep music and like it's just it just sounds lame. Like it's just No, you you get into it after a while, especially if you drop a couple of tabs of acid. Oh, okay. That that all makes sense now. It was a big night, man. It was a big <laughs> fun night and uh, you know, I I lifted my no uh drug and alcohol policy and got wasted with Ewoks. <laughs> it was fun. I think that were Ewoks, I'm not sure. They weren't because they're pretend, um, and I'm concerned about what uh, what secrets of the podcast you may have given away. I don't. Well, I don't know. I don't know who I was hanging out with last night. But anyway, we're all having a good time, and uh, we're very happy about certain events in a certain country in a certain northern hemisphere, Somalia. Premier League results in England. <laughs> I didn't even know Premier League well enough to actually bring up a result <laughs> off the top of my head. We are at Starcade, which is on the 27th of January, 1995, two days after Christmas. Two days after what I uh, have labelled the most boring episode of Nitro I've seen so far while we've been doing this. The, uh, the show that is considered... WCW's WrestleMania by everyone except for Eric Bischoff, who claims that Halloween <laughs> Havoc is. I think Eric likes to be a contrarian. Oh, I'm not going to let you slander him like that. How dare you? <laughs> I, th- I think. Uh, I think he agree. I think he'll. 
I think he'll agree. Well, we'll we'll contact him. Actually, no, I think he'll disagree. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is we're now in a catch twenty two. Because if he disagrees, then he's proving he's a contrarian. But if he agrees, he's not being a contrarian. Anyway, we'll we'll figure that out. We'll get back to your brother friends when Eric Bischoff gets back to us. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or a restraining order is put on us. One well, or the other. Another restraining order. <laughs> another restraining order. Uh, that's why he flew out to Australia last year. Was court proceedings with me and Matt. Wrestlewolf <laughs> is your home of uh, restraining orders against old 90s wrestlers. We've got one against Marcus. Well, Marcus Alexander Bagwell has one against you and Scotty Riggs has one against me. So the majority of this pay-per-view is taken up by the World Cup of Wrestling gimmick between WCW and New Japan. Um, Seven matches, seven singles matches that will determine who wins the World Cup out of these two promotions. Um, I really like this gimmick. I really like it a lot. I would like to see it happen again. It would be nice if they treated it previously like it was an important thing that mattered. Oh, definitely. I don't know. I don't know if it's done. I think on the night it's done pretty well, but um, they really haven't given it any credence at all. They slapped a kind of half racist ad together, uh, put it up over a couple of nitros, and that was it. It would be nice if, uh, like, we knew some of the wrestlers in advance and things like that. Because um, really, like, unless you're watching New Japan Pro Wrestling in 1995. I imagine people would not have had the slightest clue who these people were. Like, dude, it was so hard to try and get WCW here in Australia. At yes. Like, only imagine what hoops you'd have to jump through to even get tapes of New Japan, let alone uh, watch it live. It yeah. just wouldn't... And I'm sure it was the same thing in the States. Yes, unless we're wrong. Tell us if we're wrong. Yeah, if we're wrong. Um Dusty and Bobby are on comms with Tony Skiavone. Uh, Dusty's dressing in, in an outfit that I, I thought you might like uh, and your uh, sort of cowboy outlook on fashion. He's wearing uh, jeans, cowboy boots, uh, a cowboy hat, and then tails. It's a high-class cowboy. <laughs> he He actually does, like... Dusty Rhodes kind of looks like a working class Orville Peck, which I actually think weirdly is the second time we've referenced Orville Peck in three weeks. But uh, yeah, that's what he's looking like. He's got some real suburban cowboy vibes. Yeah, he's a little larger than <laughs> Orville, not to <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> I was thinking watching Dusty on this, it was like uh, Cody and him are like a before and after. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is what I looked like before Weight Watchers and then Cody's the after. Now I look like this. <laughs> or they look like Hoggish Greedley and Hoggish Greedley Jr. from Captain Planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the first match is Chris Benoit uh, versus Jushin Thunder Liger. Uh, Google Keep kept changing Jushin to Justin. It's not Justin Thunder Liger. I've already made that mistake once before. <laughs> uh, I will not make it again, Google. Uh, Dusty calls Sonny Ono Sonny Bono, uh, which I think is Got what him. we should call Sonny Ono from now on. Benoit is hitting Liger really, really hard in this match. Uh, I know they've worked before in Japan, so it's probably cool, but uh, very snug 
<laughs> Mr. Benoit. Uh, Jushin uh, gets the win. And uh, well, after a little bit of interference from Kevin Sullivan, which you think might have some payoff later on down the road? No. But uh, it, it was... It was it was a good match to watch. Who would have thought that Jushin Thunder Liger in 1995 and Chris Benoit in 1995 would have a watchable match? But uh, this was 10 minutes of very, very good wrestling. I think almost all of the matches were decent. Oh, in the World Cup of Wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, well, almost, almost all of them, yes. Think of the six or seven matches. There was only one that I was like, ugh. Yeah, I think we probably know which one that is. The Eddie Guerrero one. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Eddie Guerrero, he has a promo next where he doesn't really say much and it's kind of the tone of the majority of this pay-per-view. Basically, after each match, they cut to a wrestler saying, oh, we're 1-0 down, but we'll keep fighting because we're America and blah, 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 blah. Um, Next up, we've got... uh, Koji Kanemoto versus uh, Alex Wright. Alex Wright's a handsome guy. I don't know if you've noticed this, and I feel a bit weird bringing it up, but Alex Wright uh, has maybe the most visible penis in wrestling. Uh, like, it is it is very much there. <laughs> I wouldn't notice it. <laughs> I mean, I'm watching in high D and I in HD, and I am in high D. Uh, that could mean multiple things, but particularly when coming to the Alex Wright. Um, and like, obviously, I'm on penis watch, but uh, this is—it's a very visible penis. I recommend. There's a nickname, High D. I uh, I recommend watching uh, next time. Just pay just pay a bit of attention. Okay. Uh, I thought this was a good match. Uh, Kenny Moto gets the win and uh, New Japan are up 2-0. They are certainly up 2-0. <laughs> Being Gene interviews Sonny Ono and says that Sonny would know all about Japanese people buying up America. This is where things start to... You're like, Jesus Christ. Uh, then it cuts back to Bobby who says that J- Japanese, the Japanese own most of America. They own New York, they own San Francisco, they own Texas, and then Dusty, who doesn't care, only gets upset when <laughs> Bobby says that the Japanese own. If you even even in even in the lens of like it's twenty five years ago, this feels not good. Yeah, but if you're gonna go for senseless xenophobia, you're in the you're in. Atlanta, Georgia, professional wrestling in 1995, you're going to get some senseless xenophobia. Like, I mean, the the, the people of Georgia are okay in my book uh, in 2020, um, pending pending certain results. But, uh, you know. That's fine, man. It's in the bag. <laughs> Everyone's got to be stop being so negative about this goddamn election, man. It's good. It's a good thing. Um. <laughs> Uh, what do we got now? Oh, we've got Mashahiro Chono versus Lex Luger next. I assume this is the match that you're saying you didn't like? Yes, this match uh, sucked. <laughs> well, it wasn't overly long. Uh, yes, it was the opposite of Alex Wright. Uh, it was it was a not overly long. <laughs> yeah, Lex Luger gets uh, Chono in the rack. Uh, and then there's more rickshaw and sweet and sour talk, uh, which just 
kept slapping me across the face out of a pay-per-view that I was actually kind of enjoying. That's good. It's like, are these things even Japanese? Yeah, anyway. Um, next up, Mean Gene interviews Sting, who says it's two to one, uh, but there's still, you know, there's still plenty of matches to go. Sting talks about how uh, how he and, and Luger are friends, but he's got to do what he's got to do. Oh, Sting, you poor, naive man. Um, <laughs> he's one of the true rubes of wrestling. He's just a, he's just got a good heart. He's just a nice guy. You know, he just trusts people too much. That's Sting's problem. It's ridiculous. It's, it's just, he's so stupid. <laughs> he's so fucking stupid. Uh, next up, we've got the greatest wrestler of all time, Johnny B. Bad versus uh, Masa Sato. Kimberly is still with Johnny B. Bad. We're still sticking with this uh, storyline, except she's kind of dressed like a prototype Nitro girl. Uh, and she comes out, she's dancing around, she's doing like backflips, and she's got her own uh, like confetti gun that she shoots out into the crowd. And I know I bring this up every time Johnny B. Bad is, is out there, but people fucking love him. And these guns and the frisbees and stuff. It's weird. It's weird. It's also the the Kimberly Page reinvention is... And I imagine we're going to talk about her promo, which was... If we're talking about weird racist stuff that happens on the TV, this was the battle between racism and misogyny that I've always wanted to see wrestling crowds have to deal with because they're like, oh, we really want to like support her racism. <laughs> but we don't really support the fact that she's making feminist points here. Well, she says that as she calls, as she calls Sonny Ono Hop Singh, which is not only racist, uh, it's incorrect because Hop Singh was Chinese, not Japanese. Also, Hop Singh is a character from a show that stopped airing fucking 20 years before <laughs> this show aired and was only watched by grandpas, I'm pretty sure. It was just the last time she, she she saw an Asian person before now. It was the only cultural touchstone she had. <laughs> yeah, she's been locked in Diamond Dallas Page's den of inequity. And she's been watching... <laughs> is it Bonanza? Is Hop Singh Bonanza? It is from Bonanza, Jesus. yes. Hop Singh was... And I only know this because You're of a racist. the podcast... Banana, no, there's a bunch of comedians did a, t- did a podcast called Bonanza for Bonanza. There's Andy Daly, who's a brilliant comedian, uh, who's got this horrible, like, cowboy uh, character that he does. And essentially, <laughs> he did a podcast. It was only eight episodes long, but at the beginning of every episode, he was like, this is episode eight of 483 uh, <laughs> of watching Bonanza, because there's like 500 episodes of the show. It was on for like 20 years or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. But Hop Singh was the cook manservant of the family in bonanza oh that's and i only know that's andy daly's fault that i know that uh anyway johnny b bad gets the win oh no we didn't say what kimberly says that if this is because uh sunny owner said it's a man sport she shouldn't be there and then she says if it's a man sport what are you doing here sunny bono got him i I just got him i just was glad to see both yeah being like you're right (laughs) Women are stupid, but you're a woman. Their horribleness cancelled each other out. You know, like after they both said their piece, I was like, oh, I just felt gross. I was just like, oh, I don't, I don't, let's ding, ding, ding. Let's start the match. What an incredible own own goal for her to be like, look, your points about women are right, but 
you're also as pathetic as a woman. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not even a good feminist point. What are you doing here, woman? <laughs> she she got him and herself. Uh, but yeah, people loved it. It, it was bad. She man-catted herself. <laughs> There's a cricket reference, American Canadian listeners. Look it up. Johnny B. Bad gets the win because he's the greatest wrestler of all time, and it's two all. Pretty exciting stuff, guys. Lex Luger is uh, being interviewed now, uh, and he says the moment of tooth. Not truth, tooth, because I went back and listened to it three times. The moment of tooth is here, which has to be some sort of catchphrase for our podcast moving forward. I don't know how we, I don't know how we retcon it. Do we just start putting it on mugs or something? Or it's he's very bad. But yes, put it on. He fucks up every single thing he's involved in. <laughs> I don't think there's been a match or a promo that we've watched since we started this podcast where I haven't pointed out something that he's done incorrectly. It's extraordinarily bad. And he's It's amazing. Are you becoming is this your journey to being a Lex Luger fan? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> You're not looking forward to him joining the Wolfpack? I do have a soft... I've mentioned before I have a soft spot for the Wolfpack, but I feel like that that was at the time. I've done a lot of growing since I was 15, 16 years old, so I'm not a big fan. Like, ultimately, now, you're asking, like, me as a, as a fucking middle-aged man, I don't really like anyone in any of the NWOs. I suspect that you're going to find it very, very difficult in that case to enjoy WCW Nitro for about three years. But also, I, this is my prediction, uh, that you will not like any group that of which Kevin Nash is a part. Yeah, I, I don't like Kevin Nash. Whereas I think he's just a cool dude. <laughs> like his work in Magic Mike. It's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that t- 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 today, uh, this yeah, this episode, Magic Mike and Alex Wright's penis. Um Let's, and now we move on to the next match, and I think we all know what's coming. It's cool, man. It's a brave new world. Do you know what I mean? It's true. You can. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shame you. I can just see your your blood pressure rising like Hop Singh's blood pressure rose when uh, the family were late for dinner, which is according to the Bonanza Wikipedia his personality trait. Oh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> next up, we've got uh, Shinjiro on. Uh, Ontani versus Eddie Guerrero. I actually practiced the Japanese names a little bit while I was watching this, so I hope everyone appreciates because I've done a really terrible job in the past. <laughs> um, People just think it's the Australian accent. It, well, it is a lot of that. You're growing up in the northern suburbs of Melbourne, like I, I could, I could learn Japanese for fifteen years, and I'd still butcher everybody's names. It'd still be like Hikaru Shida. <laughs> like it is still, you know. It have <laughs> uh, this was a really good match. Uh, Ontani gets the win, and it's three two in New Japan's favor. I, I, it's pretty obvious the way they book the seven matches, but I do like how they did it. It's kind of how we've talked about on on AEW that we both like tournaments for the same reason. Mm. It it has like a skeleton that you can like drape stories over. Yes. Yeah, I think it's great. WCW haven't been great with, with the pay-per-views <laughs> that we've covered so far, you know, like... Yes, that is that that is an understatement, I would say. Next up, we've got Mean Gene. He interviews Macho Man, uh, and this is peak Macho, where he's just kind of like... 
I don't know, he's just doing crazy macho stuff. Um, but we find out that he's a fan of Toy Story and The Doors. Because <laughs> he says, to infinity and beyond, twice. And then he says, and then we're going to break on through to the other side, brother. Mm. The Doors seems on brand. Imagine... He's just quoting shit that he watched, <laughs> like, the night before. <laughs> Imagine going to see Toy Story in the cinemas and Macho Man Randy Savage is there. Like, it had only just come out. It came out in November 1995. Yeah, right. Like, this this is, like, legitimately he's been to the cinema to watch this movie. I wouldn't be able to help myself. Uh, I'd probably be too afraid to go over to him, I think. <laughs> Especially in a situation like that. It's like, you know, he's he's just watching a movie... You know what I mean? You don't want to be that guy that's like, excuse me, Mr. Savage. Then he then he says, don't worry about it, brother. And he spits in your face and lets you take a photo with him because <laughs> he's a face. Uh, next up, we've got uh, Tenzan versus Macho Man. Uh, this match was, was fine. Uh, Macho wasn't expending a whole lot of energy in this match, seeing that he has another match coming up. Uh, but he gets the win. It's three all. Cut back to the commentary desk where uh, the Bobby the Brain is just doing Chevy Chase. He's like falling <laughs> over. He like knocks his chair over. Not in- <laughs> He's like goes to grab his papers. He like drops it on. He drops it. The way he was doing it. The only reason I referenced Chevy Chase is because it reminded me of that like over exaggerated like oh I'm falling over like. You know, he's was it Jimmy Carter that he used to do that on SNL? All the I time? believe so. Yes, and it's so it's 1975's SNL has finally hit 1995's WCW. He popped the boys because as Skiavone's pissing his pants, uh, Dusty's got his hand over his face, <laughs> and then we cut to Mean Gene, who's about to interview Ric Flair, and he literally is laughing for the first 15 seconds of this promo. <laughs> I loved it. I really enjoyed seeing this like moment of humanity amongst all of them where they just broke kayfabe and were laughing at Bobby the Brain being a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> when you put it like that, it does does sound all right. Yeah, it was no it was just a, I don't know. I thought I thought it was quite kind of touching, you know, seeing those four, like they were obviously friends and stuff, you know? Like it was like yeah. I mean, probably shouldn't have happened in the middle of a pay-per-view that was airing on national television, but well, you know, worse things have happened. <laughs> a lot of, well, a lot of worse things have happened in wrestling. Uh Rick Flair comes in for the interview and he's wearing a Rick Flair's Gold's Gym hot pink t-shirt with black writing on it. And if anyone can find me this t-shirt, I spent four hours today trying to find it. It doesn't exist. If anyone can put me, like, in the direction of where I can get one, I'm not going to say how much I'll pay for it, but I will, I'll pay for it. Several thousand dollars. No. Come on. <laughs> Be a man. I'm not paying a thousand dollars for a Ric Flair t-shirt. A Johnny B. Bad t-shirt. It's a different story. All right. Fair enough. Get him a Johnny B. Bad t-shirt, brother friends. <laughs> Johnny B. Bad's Gold's Gym. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're up to the last match of the World Cup of Wrestling. It is Kensuke, Kensuke uh, Sasaki versus Sting. Sting wins this match with a Scorpion Death. Like, I thought this match was pretty good and showed that Sting actually can wrestle a little bit. He's not, like, the greatest performer in ring, but, you know, he's all right. 
Yeah, he's he's good. I mean, he's going to get worse when he starts being a stupid idiot, emo idiot, and dressing up as the crow, right, guys? <laughs> no. Boo. <laughs> Boo. All of the other American boys come out. Uh, Macho hugs Sting. So that's been put to bed. They're best mates now. Yeah. Uh, the crowd obviously love it. Uh, Sting gets a USA chant happening, which I thought was inter- like it was just interesting watching it in the lens of Joe Biden winning the election last night. Um, and then Mean Gene presents the cup to the USA team, and everyone's super happy. Well, the jet. Ja- I know that obviously the, the Japanese are not prob- assume you'd assume they're not happy. <laughs> They've come well, yeah. all the way to America to be treated just awfully. <laughs> To have their motivation, they're like they're here wrestling for a wrestling cup, and they're like, "You're gonna buy New York." <laughs> yeah, we just here to wrestle, man. Whatever, hop sing. It's like, <laughs> you know, Sunny Sunny Ono, who's who's been involved in wrestling for, you know, a decade before this. Uh, uh, uh Sunny Bono. <laughs> oh, it's not good, is it? It's not good. It's not great. It's not great, but we're done, thankfully. Uh, we cut back to the comms team. Uh, Bobby the Brain's now sitting on his chair like the Fonz, so I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what's going on with the Brain tonight. He's in a good mood and trying to entertain Skiavone and Dusty. Yeah, he cl- very clearly is disinterested by everything else that's going on, but, you know. And now we get a video promo that does a better job of explaining what's been happening for the last five weeks. Uh, about the triangle match that Nitro's done for a month. Couldn't they have skipped Nitro and just had this video promo? Yeah, quite easily. You just could have had this on loop for an hour. So people were like, oh, okay. Like, I genuinely didn't know that the triangle match was going to be Rick, Sting, and Luger. And then the winner of that would fight Macho Man immediately. Were you, did you know? Uh, I did by the end of... Of the end of the last episode, I did. But that was the first time that I tweaked. I had to be in it before I was like, (laughs) oh, fuck, right. Okay, that's what's happening. It was actually the end of the triangle match where I was like, oh. (laughs) Oh, okay. Because there was still like another 20 minutes to go. I was like, what? what?" Like, So essentially, that's what's happening. We've got Rick, Sting, and Lex Luger who will all be wrestling each other. Uh, It's a weird stipulation. I don't think I've seen a match like this before where... You can tap, it's a three way, like essentially a fatal three way, but one of the wrestlers is tagged out at all times. Yeah, it, I don't know if it made for the best match in the world. I mean, three way matches, I'm not, I don't think are particularly interesting anyway, but yeah, I don't know. I, what did you think of this match? Mind, I didn't hate it, but I didn't mind it. I think because of that stipulation, because you didn't like. There's a reason why one of them is out of the ring at all times. Mm. Whereas compared to a fatal three-way where two of them will wrestle, but, you know, one of them doesn't. You know, it just doesn't make any... Whenever I'm watching one, I'm like, well, why isn't that guy... Unless they team up to beat down on one particular wrestler, there's usually someone that rolls out of the ring for 10 minutes while these guys go. Uh, That's true. I mean, and you could tell... It looked like Sting and Luger were both exhausted. Like they didn't, like they'd already wrestled matches. And I imagine some of that was, you know, a little bit of, you know, they're putting it on 
to you know sell it and to protect themselves but they didn't they didn't look great it's weird to have them all doing so many matches in the one pay-per-view um i I, this uh, the way this match ended was that uh rick basically managed to get both lex and sting out of the ring and being counted out um it got to a nine count sting was about to roll back in and lex luger pulled him back down again which gave rick flair the win um and and this was the point where I was I genuinely felt sorry for Sting's character, <laughs> like he he's been dragged through the mud. He keeps like promo after promo after promo, where it's like, what's going on with Lex Luger? Are you a bad guy, Sting? Sting's like, for fuck's sake, no, I'm not. You know, and then all of his worst nightmares come true. He's been sticking up for Lex the whole time. He's like, look, Lex is my friend. I'm not super happy about his manager, but he's not a bad guy. Trust me, he's fine. And then he gets his title shot taken away from him by Lex Luger. Which also doesn't make sense because if Sting had have got there, it's not like Lex Luger would have lost the match. But like, it's, sorry, yeah, like it's... it's yeah. No, he wouldn't. Yeah. So the match would have kept. So going, Lex yeah. Luger has also thrown away his own title shot for seemingly no reason, unless they're going to like announce he's a member of the Horsemen. But they're not. We know they're not. We exist in the future. He's already been a member of the Horsemen. He's not coming back. Yeah. It. it it's <laughs> like. I, yeah, I didn't really think about that in that much detail. I actually kind of didn't hate it. I was like, you know. I, I mean, it's typical sort of WC booking where it's like, well, this doesn't make a huge amount of sense, but obviously there's going to be a Sting and Lex angle coming up, which, you know, obviously... I don't know. It was just for all the stories that have been floating around, when this mm. happened, I was like, ah, oh, it kind of paid off the pain of the last five weeks of like, what are these promos about? I'm like, oh, it was leading up to this moment. I don't know whether that was the relief of like, oh, this is over. Mm. Now I don't have to hear about like can we trust Sting anymore? That's true. Well, it it wasn't. It's not the worst storytelling I've ever seen in wrestling. No, it's not the worst storytelling I've ever seen in wrestling either. And if that's the bar, then we're in a good place. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the worst thing I've seen in wrestling. Raves, Damian Gibson. <laughs> so that yeah, that was the triangle match. Uh, Rick wins, um, and then. Rick stays in the ring. Macho Man comes out. The thing I didn't understand, maybe you can explain this to me, Jimmy Hart, who was saying the horsemen better watch out because the Dungeon and Doom are coming after them, immediately flips and wants to be the manager for Ric Flair in this match. Is that what happened? Uh, it it definitely was strange. I could I don't know what's happening and if this is some long storytelling thing where now the Dungeon of Doom are going to go into a feud with Richard Flair. But, um, yeah, it was odd. Ric Flair hit a chop uh, on Macho that I felt through my headphones at the very <laughs> beginning of this match. <laughs> like, really was like, Jesus Christ. Mr. Wonderful is out here, Matt. What what was the deal with this? I d- what, what, once again, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I thought this match, as far as generally, you know, nine-minute world title matches where the title changes hands. Mm. Um, like Spoiler. Sorry. 
Sorry, I've, if you <laughs> if you were only going to listen to half of our review of this match before going to watch it, then yeah, I've really mm. fucked that. Um, yeah, sorry guys. The uh, they'd both wrestled long matches before this. Ric Flair just wrestled thirty minutes, like and he's yeah. old. Like this is not bad. No, it was it was an enjoyable match. Um, Macho Man hit Flair with Jimmy's megaphone, uh, which cut Rick really deeply. Uh, yeah, Pillman comes out. Uh, Macho throws Brian Pillman into Chris Benoit, who's also out there, uh, which I thought was a pretty cool move. Double um, A comes out. He's got something in his hand. He knocks out Macho Man. Rick gets the pin and wins his 12th world championship. Which is a very, very strange way for this story to have, for the Macho mm. Man title reign to have ended but that's okay it was exceptionally weird though yeah. right like yeah it's weird the 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 last hour of this pay-per-view is quite strange um i assume that they're that they they're looking to set up rick flair versus hogan like that's the the dream match that everybody wants to see um but yeah, the booking of the like, you know, why couldn't Rick win? Oh, I suppose it's the horsemen. They're trying to build them up as heels and stuff. But... but why wouldn't they have told a story in which it made sense for Rick to be the person who won? Yeah. That's the that's the real, you know. Yeah, because the whole storyline has been Sting and Luger, and that payoff has happened in the second last match of the of the pay-per-view and then this title match is just sort of like an afterthought of like, oh yeah, now these guys are going to wrestle and uh, Ric Flair's the champion. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was an odd decision to have Ric Flair be, like to, sh- he should have won this. Re- I mean, sorry, Macho should have won this, but it, it, from a storytelling perspective. But it's fine. I mean, he shouldn't have, mm. from a storytelling perspective, Macho shouldn't have won the title in the first place. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then all of that stuff, like the whole Kogan and Macho stuff, there's no payoff to that either. Like, mm. It just... It's exceptionally strange. Like, this... You could have achieved the same thing a month ago with Ric Flair being the last man standing in World War Three. Yeah, it's really confused storytelling at the moment. Uh like really feels slapdash mm. and all over the place. Uh, I, I enjoyed this pay per view. Like I, I actually in, in you know was quite into watching it. But I think um, I think I probably was more into the New Japan stuff than I was the last couple of matches. Not not to be a giant smark about it, but I genuinely did enjoy those matches more. Yeah. No, I think that believe it or not, the Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Jushin Thunder Liger matches were better than the Lex Luger matches and the elderly Macho Man and Ric Flair matches. But even even from a story point of view, like, yeah, it's kind of a boring... It sounds like it's a boring story, like, you know, seven-match tournament kind of... I suppose it's a tournament. Yeah, seven-match tournament to decide who wins a cup. Mm. But at least there's some story there you know like some concrete story but this is like well these two are fighting over here so like you know rick flair skates into the 
into a title match immediately and then somehow you know his boys are there so they beat macho man and uh, I don't, yeah it's not necessarily bad it's just kind of confusing it is certainly confusing um <laughs> but anyway that's this yeah that's this but, show yeah that's starcade 95 i do you think they would have been better off with just having the tournament? Yeah, building up... And that being the whole pay-per-view? They should have built up the tournament and had that and the world title match. Like, that would have made sense. Yeah, I, I think they could have... If they built it up properly, they could have not even had a title match on this Starcade. And just, you know, had... Because the biggest kind of pop of the night... I mean, Rick kind of got a pop for winning, but the biggest pop of the night is when they... When the USA beat japan you know like i think the crowd would would have been really receptive to this if it had been built up a little bit more like if they had built built it up over six months of like new japan's coming and mm. blah, blah 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 like you were saying earlier in the episode of like actually building up some of the new japan guys just have like i mean i know schedules get in the way of that a little bit but new japan run down and beat them up or something like some kind of you know although it's probably good that New Japan didn't do a surprise attack because I don't think that 1995 WCW could have handled not mentioning Pearl Harbor uh, in that uh, in that context. Yeah, an interesting bit of wrestling history, Starcade '95. I don't, yeah. I don't think the World Cup is attempted again. Oh, uh, really? From my knowledge, yeah. so I don't think so. Well, I guess it be things become by '96. Things are by late '96. Things are WCW versus NWO. Yeah, which, I mean, great. I mean, I'm looking forward to watching that. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, if I think New Japan and, like, you know, AEW, for example, could quite easily do this. It's not something, you know, people talk about those two companies working together all the time, especially because of the guys who run AEW have such history in Japan. Well, it would be a much more like meaningful it. thing now as well if it's like, oh, shit, this Switchblade Jay White. Like, you know, there's people that that mm. people know. Yeah, New Japan's a fairly forefront in, in most people's consciousness as if, they were a, if they're a wrestling fan. Mm. But you could quite easily build it up as well. I mean, a lot of the guys are travelling back and forth. I mean, it's probably hard to do right now, mm. obviously, but once things sort of get back to normal a little bit, those guys are crisscrossing from Japan and America a lot all the time. I mean, you could end up with a scenario where you have, like, Gallows and Anderson going up against FTR and stuff like that, you know. Um, not that I'm like a massive Gallows and Anderson thing, but th those kind of things would be cool, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, you have it every year, one year in America, one year in Japan. I, I think there's cool. a lot of... I think there's a lot of legs in it. I don't know what... I don't know who owns the rights to it, whether it's, you know, whether New Japan have actually gotten over the fact that, like, four of their biggest stars left to <laughs> form their own company. But, um, you know. Yes. I'm sure it wasn't anything personal. Well, who knows? But uh, they should get over that and do this idea. Like, they can, if, it's, if the rights are owned by someone, just call it something different. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, <clears throat> call it the Battle of Pearl Harbor. <laughs> um, <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. No, don't, don't, for God's sake, don't, don't do put it into um, the world. No, we shouldn't have. And I might even cut that out just so, just so someone doesn't hear it again. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. 
All right, we're done, man. We we're are out. done. All right. Um, Matt and I are going to go off and just be calm. You know, it's a very calm day. Everyone should go and enjoy their Sunday evenings or whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> stop, stop, stop forcing us to be in the time beyond 1995, man. This is just be, just be happy and thankful that justice has prevailed. You know. <laughs> anyway, uh, what am I talking about? Work it out. Uh, we really appreciate your patronage in in every way. Uh, we've had some people messages this week about things they want us to do on the AW episode and things like that. It's really cool. We would love more feedback. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, you can. Uh, we are at WrestleWolf on Facebook. We're WrestleWolfPod on Twitter and Instagram. Our website is WrestleWolf.com. Email is WrestleWolfPodcast at Gmail. I think I just had a stroke on it. And you can check us out on YouTube as well. I never mention our YouTube, but we have a YouTube channel that a lot of people check us out on. And all our episodes are on there as well. So... Yeah, we're on uh, Stitcher now as well. So if you're a Stitcher subscriber, you can put us in your feed. We're on all of those. You can tell Alexa to listen to us. You can tell Google to listen to us. We're on everything. Um, If you can rate and review us, uh, especially on Apple Podcasts, that would really help us get out some more people. Um, But yeah, until then, brother friends, uh, Pepe's dead. Go in peace, brother friends. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.